0: Your Locked On Avalanche, your daily podcast on the Colorado Avalanche, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: All right, everybody, welcome to the Locked On Avalanche podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, Chris Maselli. With me as always, Mr. Shaggy Von Doom, Kyle Sullivan on today's episode a lot to get to because it was another roller coaster day for the Colorado Avalanche and their fans. And we had one not that long ago when you had the uh, announcement that Gabe Landeskog was going to have likely, well, regular season, potentially ending surgery. That, that was just an up and down day. This was pretty much version 2.0 of that, with you get uh, Arturi win his in his first game wearing an Avalanche jersey. And then you heard that Nathan McKinnon was being sent home, likely because of the fight he got into with Matt Dumba in the Minnesota Wild game. And then they went out and won a game on Calgary ice, two to one, to get their 100th point of the season. So, up and down day for the Avs. But all in all, I mean, you, you, you get those two points against a very good team, and you had to do it in a different style. And that's something that we've talked about a lot this year, Kyle, is as were winning these games, especially in that January run that they went on, they were winning games in different ways. And when you're out Gabe Landeskog and Nathan McKinnon and Sam Gerrard, you're going to have to find it. You can't play your typical style up and down the lineup and they had to do a different style of game again, and they won the thing, two to
0: one. Yeah, if you would have told me we're going into a game without Gabe and Nathan McKinnon, like you would expect Miko or Kadri to step up and be the goal scorers in this game, but to see Valerie Nichushkin getting both goals, and then you get to see Kale McCarr getting his 50th assist and the production from the new trade deadline acquisitions, like it's it's a really good depth win. And this is the kind of win that you want deep in the playoffs in those hard-fought series. When they figure out how to game plan for your top line, you want your depth to come in and win you a game. And this was a very top-heavy game for the Avs. And we'll get
1: to you know the stats and, and you know, when you look at the time on ice, it was a little bit more spread out. But you had those guys, you know, at that especially for for you know uh, Corsi 4 and Corsi against. When you get outshot, the way the Avs got outshot, it's not going to look that good. No. But your top line, they, they produced as, as best as they could. And, yeah, Nachuskin with the two goals, obviously. But we're going to start with Nathan McKinnon because that is big stuff. Uh, we got word around midday that he was uh, being sent back to Denver. So he was in Calgary. He was in mm-hmm. Calgary, and, and you know he, he made the trip there. And just apparently wasn't feeling right. We're assuming it's the wrist. We, we don't know for sure. We get the upper body injury and that's all we're going to get for now. We don't know how severe it is. We don't know what the duration of his, him being injured is going to be. But you just have to assume it is because of the fight with, with Matt Dumba. It, 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 there's nothing else really there that you, would, would make you think otherwise. And the thing about it is you like there's a, when you pick it apart, it could come from a number of, of moments during the fight. Obviously, the one punch that he landed on him, it was with his right hand. And then at, you could see right after that, right after he landed that punch that kind of shocked uh, Dumba, he grabs him with his left arm and kind of cradles his head and goes to the ice with him. And I think there's multiple reasons why he did that. I think it's so, it could be because when he punched him, he realized he hurt his hand and okay, I have to end this thing. So let me just cradle and bring him to the ice. Uh, Another reason is he knew he was going to bring him down to the ice and he didn't want to genuinely hurt Matt Dumba. So he cradled his arm and could it be that arm that's hurt by cradling his head and going down to the ice? We don't know. This is, you know, we're a podcast. This is what we do. We, we talk about all the different variations and, you know, we're always going to be right in the end. So it doesn't matter. Uh, That's right. <laughs> but we don't know right now. We don't know. We, we can assume it's the fight, but we don't know which part of the fight I'm leaning towards the the punch that he landed and, and it being the hand or the wrist or something like that.
0: Yeah. Cause you could tell by the cadence of that fight, there was a moment where he realized that something's not right and everything changed and he immediately took him to the ice And you could kind of see with the way he's skating to the box. He's like looking at his hand and his wrist. Something's not right in there. Mm. So he goes to the box. He ices up. So the fact that he's icing up, he knows it's somewhere in here. But what's going on? Is it a bone or is Mm. it like cartilage or like muscle or something that he's ripped in here? Because, I mean, if he's good enough to make a trip, He's good enough and finish a game. Yeah. Like it's was it adrenaline that pushed him through the rest of that game? Uh, well, he's Nathan he, McKinnon, like, so he's always he's running true. on adrenaline. Yeah. Chickpeas and adrenaline, but <laughs> yeah. It, it's it's you everybody wants to play like couch doctor on this, but I mean, if it's bad enough to for Bednar to say this is a high level of concern, right? And not talk about timetables right now. High level of concern is not something you throw out lightly. And it's not
1: what you want to hear. No. Nope. <laughs> for any player, especially, you know, your superstar. Um, I think, you know, not ha- or, or, or not playing the, the next day. Yeah, he finished the game, like you said. He finished the game. Mm-hmm. I think you were able to finish a game because, you know, you maybe are running on adrenaline or just that wrist is, is warmed up. You've been playing for two periods, two and a half periods at that point. So, uh, you know, it, it, you might be able to finish the game with that. When it rests, when you get a good night's sleep and you wake up in the morning and it's a little bit more stiff, you know, it's not feeling as good. And uh somebody sent something to me on on Twitter and saying, you know, that they they, re, they sent to me a, a tweet from someone that I think is a former player saying he thinks it's at least the good part about this is that he made the trip to Calgary. Because if he felt that it was really broken or or he just was not feeling that well, he wouldn't even have made that trip. So we made the trip, had the day off, probably stiffened up a little bit. Tried to go out for morning skate, whatever the case may be. I was like, "Yeah, this is way worse than I thought it was." So they they sent him back.
0: It's so also, I, it, I, I mean, it, we're, we're
1: trying to. I'm trying to to find like the good side of this too, as best we can. But I think we should be in for Nathan McKinnon being out for maybe a couple weeks. I don't want to say the rest of the season,
0: but I have no idea. I mean, it we often forget like Nathan McKinnon's already suffered a broken nose this year and it was like Mm. maybe two or three games and he came right back and he was taking punches to the face and (laughs) like it was like it didn't phase him like it automatically was healed so yeah yeah, he's he's a freak of nature maybe he wanted to will his way through this injury and Bednar's like hey you're not shooting right something's up and he's like yeah this is what's going on he's like go home Yeah, you need
1: your hands and your wrists in the game of hockey. So That's right uh, here. Yeah, yeah. So we've been told. And I know like, there's a big blow-up going on with social media of should he have even been involved in that fight? And if you listen to this show, you know where we kind of stand on that. I had no problem with him getting involved. Number one, because that's Nathan McKinnon's hockey DNA.
0: Mm-hmm. He is
1: not going to sit by while while Miko Rantanen gets gets drilled, and then just let. The, he's not going to st- when when he's that close to that play happening, he's not going to look around and say, like, right, "Who else is on the ice that wants to take care of this?" He's going to take care of it right away, and yeah. and, and and you know Gabe Landeskog would have done that. You know Landeskog has done that multiple times, multiple yeah. times, and you, we always want to say he that's our captain standing up for us. Well, Landeskog's not there, and you know. Mm-hmm. Nathan McKinnon is, is your kind of de facto uh, captain right now. So he's going to do that, especially when it's to, you know, his good buddy, Miko Rantanen. I, I, I understand both sides. I understand the people who say he shouldn't have, you know, I don't want him getting involved in that. I don't want him to either. I don't, I don't, I would rather much, you know, Curtis McDermott take care of something like that, but it doesn't surprise me that Nathan McKinnon did it. And like I said in one tweet that I put up, like, he's going to do it again. This is not – he's not going to learn from this. Like, this
0: is – it's not his his first fight of the year either. Like, he's fought before. And we lost Ryan Murray this year for weeks just skating around the back of the net. You can't say this is the situation you're going to get injured in when Ryan Murray took a hockey play and then messed up his hip and was out for games. You can't – say this is where you get injured because you can uh-huh. get injured doing whatever on the ice. Uh-huh. How many fights have we seen already this year between Landeskog, McDermott, like, Kadri Like, there have been fights, and they walk away unscathed. Yeah. it's it's Nathan fu- McKinnon's already fought this year unscathed. This one instance, you can't say, well, if he didn't do this. No, it happens. It's called the game of hockey. It uh-huh. happens no matter what goes on. It sometimes we don't even know why it right. happens in practice before the game. You can't predict that, so right. that's just an unfair statement.
1: Yeah, uh, and, and like I said, I, I get the people who don't want that because he's your golden ticket. You want him around as 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 best as most you can. And like I said, like he's just not gonna. He, and, and he was having a frustrating game. Yeah, like he wasn't having the best game. So I think it was twofold. It was, you know, to get some aggression out, to maybe to like re or to ignite the team, which it did. They went on to score two goals right after that, uh, and number number two is, or maybe this is number even number one, like Smiko Rantanen. That's his, mm-hmm. that, that you know, that, that's his Robin to his Batman. So sure. you're not going to mess with him. So we'll see. Uh, we, maybe we'll get news on that in the next day or two, but uh, could could be, uh, I don't know. I'm just guessing. Could be a couple weeks or something.
0: We yeah. shall see.
1: All right, uh, let's hear from Built Bar and then get into this game. So, you know, Built Bar, you love Built Bar's greatest tasting protein bar on the market. And have you tried those Built Bar puffs? I think there's a new flavor, Kyle.
0: I, I think I got the email for it. Yes. It's, it's like a brownie batter mm-hmm.
1: puff. So uh, if you like marshmallow and if you like brownies, I mean, you are in luck. Go yeah. get that bad boy. Uh, so that adds to the flavors of marshmallowy, what is it? Marshmallow churro, cinnamon churro, coconut marshmallow, and banana cream pie. And all built bars, including the puffs are covered in 100% real chocolate. They're low calorie, high protein. You can replace your candy bar with a built bar or a built bar puff. They're better tasting than your typical candy bar and healthier, which a candy bar can range from two to 300 calories where built bars have 130 calories. Four grams of sugar, four grams of net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. So go to built.com. Use the promo code Locked15 to get 15% off of your order. Once again, that promo code is Locked15 for 15% off at built.com. All right. So let's get to this game. Abs and Calgary. Uh, these two are meeting in the playoffs and it's going seven games. Get ready because they're they're entertaining games. And well, you know, you're It's no surprise. These are two of the better teams in the league. And every game so far, this is their third and final meeting of the season, has been an adventure. And this time around, the Yavs were going to have to figure out a different way to beat them. And they did. I don't think Calgary played their best game. Uh, And I I know they had 40-something shots on net. But uh, I, I was impressed with the Avalanche. You know, you're like I said, we know who they're down. They're they're down all the names that we know that they're down. They still have skill on this team and and guys like obviously Miko Rantanen and Kadri and Achuskin, that's your top line. And then you have those, those young guys who need to step it up like Alex Newhook and Logan O'Connor. Now you have Arturi Lankanen in there. So you, you still have more than capable bodies to continue Mm -hmm. this good run that you're on. And I was surprised, but there there were multiple times where the Avalanche
0: had really good possessions. Yeah. They were in this thing. And for everything the Flames weren't doing on the forward lines and the defense, Markstrom was making up for. Like, he was beginning to get hot, and the Avalanche had chances. They were passing the puck around, making good looks. Like, again, the lines are new and jumbled. So for there to be cohesion and making plays and setting up things, power play looked pretty good yes. even though we abandoned the slingshot after the first power play we were like you know what nathan mckinnon's was, up back there we yeah. can't do this well it was
1: kind of like a modified one because they, they were having kale mccarr do that mm-hmm. a couple times uh but it wasn't yeah it was kind of like a modified one it, it wasn't that nathan mckinnon coming from behind the net yeah like a bull in a china shop like <laughs> from it, it the was, tunnel yeah <laughs> yeah uh, but they they did it a little bit, but um, I tell you, the the one that the second goal for Nachuskin was on the power play, and that mm-hmm. that was that was Nazem Kadri weaving in and out of traffic, and I absolutely loved what he did on that because he got the puck. It, it wasn't like you, like we're saying it's not that like big slingshot that they normally do to uh, with with McKinnon, but he got the puck around like their defensive zone blue line. And he went through and zigzagged through and carried the puck into the zone. And, and you know, as good as Nathan McKinnon is, he like he always gives it up the second he crosses that blue line. And I've said this before, yeah. you are putting your other players in a bind, but you're not giving them a lot of room. No. And he went in and he put a good shot on net, and then it just kind of cycled around and then went right to Matheuska. Like, That is what I want when you're carrying a
0: puck into the zone on a power play. Thank you, Nazem Kadri. And the way the Avalanche were playing all night, it had the flames on their heels and it freed up that blue line. There were a lot of setup passes to like Taze and Makar where you could get a really good clean look. And it's something we talk about all the time. You get a clean look, take it. The Avalanche Mm -hmm. were doing that. They were setting up a good clean look and not getting fancy with their passes and they were getting a clean look and taking a shot. Yeah, Like Berkey had a really good shot, but hit the post. Like, finding those good shots, I think that really kept, even though the shots are out of whack, the Avalanche were right there because of their shot selection tonight. Yeah, I mean, I was really
1: interested to see how the power play was going to go. Because, yeah. you know, Nathan McGinnon, he, he's a big deal. Obviously, that's no secret. And McCard took his spot. McCarr mm-hmm. took his spot on the wing and they had Taves running the point and it's like, they didn't miss a beat. And that, that because sh- Calgary has a very good penalty kill and, and they, they were patient. They passed the puck around. They had really good looks
0: and, and I have no complaints. I know. Let me see. Um, <laughs> it goes to Kale McCarr being positionless player. Like if you could cycle him in to be a wing and contribute to that level, it speaks to the talent level of Kievichar. Unreal. I mean, two for three on the pe- on the power play
1: against a good penalty killing team, and then they were one for five on their power play, and they're a good power play team. So this is kind of like one of those games where the Flames had forty five shots on net, mm-hmm. forty five. You know that if, if that's an Avalanche team, the Avalanche had thirty shots on goal, which I think is is not bad. It's not bad for what what this team had to work with um and, and going up against like if the, if this was if that was maybe like even if that if that was the Minnesota game i'm not taking anything away from minnesota but like i don't minnesota is not kind of in the, the league of like calgary right yeah. now um and calgary just it seems like a, like a well-oiled machine and they you could see it at times you could see it at times like on, on their on their even though they did, they went one for 5 they're just a really good passing team they like, are they, they, they are an excellent passing team and when they got five on three for a minute and 40 seconds, you knew they were going to get one. You just knew, all right, we're going to be down one to nothing. And you
0: were because you can yeah. just see it coming. That's how good they, that they are. And statistically, this is almost like the Vancouver game we had a couple nights ago but the Avalanche on the other side when it comes to mm-hmm. the level of play that Calgary put out there. And the level of play between both goalies, and I don't want this to be forgotten about as well when it comes to the game, Darcy Kemper. Yeah, well, I was My going to save him goodness. for the third segment, but yeah, go but ahead. Go no, ahead. he, I, setting the tone early with that miraculous save, building that confidence with these new players. Like you saw the interview with Aturi in the first period, I think it was, or the second, where he's still, you could tell he's still getting his bearings And Cogliano and Manson, they kind of know what's going on at this point. And once you could feel that confidence, you started feeling it really shift midway through that second period. And towards the end, like, they were really building that confidence off the back. Mm -hmm. And it was a very strong performance that way. And you could really sense it all game long.
1: Yeah. I, I just, I felt like beyond... Before the game started, and when you, you knew McKinnon was going to be out, and you saw the lines, when you see it in print, you're like, yeah. man, this is going to be a, a tough game. You know, the the top line can hang, uh, second line is going to need to step it up, and third and fourth lines, you know, bend but don't break. Yeah. And you, 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 I didn't feel like there was going to be a lot of moments where the Avalanche were going to be able to control the pace of play outside of that top line. But they did, to, to my surprise and and to my to my happiness, they did. Yeah. So, but and then I I shouldn't be surprised at that because you know we're this late in the season. These guys have all these games under their belt. They know what's expected of them. They know who's missing. They know they have to step it up. Yeah. And at least for
0: this game, they did. They did so good. And who would have thought two and a half weeks ago, both of these fan bases thought this would be Drew versus Gerardano. And both teams did not get that extra veteran piece to solidify their playoff teams. Yeah. So both teams are adjusting like Tyler Toffoli. He looked good. So that's a piece that we got to look for when it comes to the playoffs.
1: Right. Very true. All right. Uh, We got a sound check to get to. So, uh, yeah, songs that best summarize the action against the Calgary Flames. And you can go follow this playlist over on Spotify. Just search for L-O-P-N Soundcheck. And uh, the the two songs that we're about to give you will be added there.
0: Probably in the morning. By the time you're listening to this, Mm -hmm. they should be up. But all right. What do you got? Going to dip back to my grandfather, Ronnie James Dio. Uh, don't look up my 23 andme Me or whatever. He's not my grandfather, but <laughs> the feeling I got after this game—it's one of those you get reminded of, especially how rocky the last couple games have been. Ronnie James Dio's "We Rock." Like <laughs> you listen, like I, I after that game was over, you kind of feel like you know what? This is a pretty good team. We're damn good, right? Yeah, yeah. We could we could do <laughs> things. Look at us go, right? And you know.
1: First of 100 like, points. So yeah, we we do. We rock.
0: Yeah, like we it. rock. And it was a, a little reminder like, you know what? This ain't a bad team. Without Nathan McKinnon and Gabe Laniscog, we could still beat pretty good teams.
1: Mm-hmm. I like it. Uh for me, we all know who the blue man group is, right? Oh, yeah. Blue Man Group has albums. I don't know if anybody yes, really like, do they do, and they have some pretty darn good albums and uh one of their first uh, the name of the album is called the complex um uh, there's like some good featuring artist dave matthews band is on there i was about to
0: say if you I was I'm, not I'm not yeah, going with that i'm not going with that
1: but uh who, who, what's, what's his name oh gavin rosdale from bush yeah he's like they have
0: some it's it's an entertaining album venus home is on there on uh, this one Venus Home. yes is on the yes you're right yeah so
1: uh, if, if you're familiar with these Saddle Dome, they're, they're kind of I mean, it's one of my favorite arena. Like just the look of the yeah. thing from the outside is really, really cool. And it's kind of known for these catwalks that they have, which if you if you watched, uh, if you're following Connor of on Twitter, he filmed walking on the catwalks because that's where they go. That's like mm-hmm. where the press goes. I, I'm OK with heights. I'm not like it, that would probably freak me out because I'm not in control of that. I can go, I can go hike a mountain and I know, I know not to step here. I won't step there and I'll be okay. So I'm I'm okay. on like on, uh, you know, the peak of a mountain on a catwalk like that one bolt goes and, you know, bye-bye Christmas Ellie. And I just feel like I'm not in charge of that,
0: but it's still fascinating that they built those things like up in that arena. I, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. Like and knowing that's your day to day. That's why like I'm a mad when it comes to flying because you can't control that. Yeah. Like I I yeah. will not do it. I can so. fly.
1: I can't like I, you get over it a little bit like when you're in the air, but you still have that feeling of not being in control like when you're on an airplane. So uh, for me, uh, there is a song on this Blue Man Group album called Up on the Roof, mm-hmm. and mm. it features Tracy Bonham who if anybody remembers Tracy Bonham, she was a one hit wonder in the 90s with that song, Mother Mother, which is a great rocking song. And she's got a great
0: female rock voice, which is awesome. So uh, I'm going with that. Up on the Roof by the Blue Man Group. And that's a fantastic album you can listen to on repeat. Like it's a great album. It is. That's a it great is. pull, man. Like yeah. I, I thought that was like tucked away. Like not a lot of people knew about it. Oh yeah, great pull. that's I, I remember because I bought it because
1: Dave Matthews man was, or Dave Matthews himself was on it. And I saw the video for that song. I'm like, that's a really cool song. Yeah. What else you got, Blue Man Group? Yeah, and, and it's a great album. Great album. They so. have their instrumental album, the one before that one. It's very good. Uh, I don't know the the let me see. Oh, is that? Oh, that's audio, right? Yes. Yeah. I haven't listened to that one in full, but very good. They have have good stuff. Blue Man Group is good people. So. Uh, All right. Yeah. You mentioned Darcy Kemper and it's. From the journey this dude has had from from beginning of the season when everybody was calling for his head after November. Mm-hmm. So where he is now um, can't be understated. He, he, you know, we, a lot of people were thrown out. Oh, go get Marc-Andre Fleury. We need, you know, uh, some goalie help. We need maybe backup help. Some people are saying replace him altogether. And I, for me, just watching him, you could see that obviously he's got the skills and the capability. He just needed to get on a run. Yeah. And, he, and, and the whole team needed to play better early in the season. And I am so comfortable with him in net right now. Um, I don't think I've been this comfortable with a guy in net. Uh, well, maybe it wasn't that long ago because I was pretty comfortable with Phil Grubauer. <laughs> but before that, um, it, it's been a while. It's been a while. And you've you got to feel good about what this guy can do for you now and in the playoffs because that's what they've missed in the playoffs
0: the past few years. The timeline of Darcy Kemper will read as this when the season's over. He started out the year, could not keep his equipment together, ended the year keeping the team together when they needed him most.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That, I forgot all
0: about that stuff. That was, yeah. that was insane. When you look back on it, it was like, what, two or three games in a row where his equipment just would not hold together for whatever reason. That was and Now when the team is going out with injuries and so much line uncertainty and just – adversity that the avalanche have had to face night in night out yeah Darcy Kemper has been solid yeah very very much so so um
1: and then Arturi Lekinen. I uh, yeah like we touched on him a little bit here and there early in the episode but uh, he made a move he didn't obviously score on it but it was almost like a Nechuskin move yeah where he was coming up the right hand side and you could see him trying to cut in and most guys would just They'd rather be in control of the puck and then go behind the net. And I get that move. I I completely like you're still in control of the puck. That's fine. He had a really good angle and made a really good cut. I don't, I mean, people were throwing the term power move. I wouldn't maybe semi power move, but he, he knew the angle to take to at least get in front of the net and put a puck on net. And who knows what can happen when that, when you're able to do that. That impressed me. Um, yeah. and he and he seemed like he was everywhere last night. So
0: only good things ahead for the Avs and Lekanen. Yeah, when Lekanen gets in and has some practice and could realize because a lot of people don't realize how like crazy Canadian media is. When you go to that locker room in Montreal, like that they're on you about everything you do. Okay. And when you come to Denver, we're almost like pushing you to do what you're like do a little bit more, do a little right. bit more. We're not, we're not grilling you about literally every move you make. And when he could get in there, like you saw that little flash in the game, once he gets in the practice and gets a little bit more familiar with how we run things Thursday, get San Jose. I, I will anticipate more of those little flashes strung together and maybe get a point out of that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Cause who, uh, obviously, um, Chuskin got the two goals. Yeah, had Makar, like you said, with man. Just looking at that is just so sexy. Yeah, Makar with fifty in parentheses. Uh, Taves got the other assist. So your two defensemen got the assist on the first goal, and then Miko and Taves again. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, it's, but but he's he's there. He's right there. How many minutes did he have? He had uh, almost thirteen minutes, like an in so. Um, I I just expect that to go up, yeah. You know, uh, and and I think he was on the second line too. We got with hook who had thirteen minutes, and who was the uh, Burkosky I was at 43 for him. So I mean, it was top heavy. With let's see, Kadri had twenty one forty five, Rantanen had twenty thirty nine, and Chuskin had twenty two twenty five. The Avs typically, you know, they will lean on their top line a lot, but it's your your normal top line of McKinnon, Ranton, and, and Landeskog. Uh, they had to do this with these guys last night. They were up to the task. And when you look at like the Corsi for and Corsi against, uh, which I will bring up here in a hot second, it's it's not it's not great <laughs> outside of those three guys. Um, they were getting out shots. Not surprising yeah. when, when it's 45 or whatever it was to, to 30, but those that top line, Mazen Kadri, 423 against 10, Rantanen, 421 against 10. And where is – I said Kadri. I said uh, Rantanen. And where's the other guy? I can't. Find him on here. Oh, Nachuskin, there he is at the very bottom. Yeah. Twenty-two and eleven, very consistent for those three guys. So you know that's where the game was made for the Avalanche. Mm-hmm. And then, and like I said earlier, like the the bottom six guys just did their job. That was the kind of game that the, the Avalanche was going to have to play. Just hang tight in the early in the early goings because you're on the road. You know what I mean? And you you, you made it through that first period, and then see what they're doing and make adjustments and then chip away, walk out with two points. I thought it was a very good game plan and, and
0: I thought the Avs executed it pretty much to perfection. And they did, and that's, that's the sole reason they walked out with that win. Mm-hmm. And you want to see the reverse game plan when you're rolling into San Jose. You want to see that weird night from Darren Helm. You want to see a two-goal night from JT Comfort. You want to see the depth scoring. You see them contributing. You want to see them scoring, and you want to see that top line, take it easy a little bit. Don't put this on their shoulders because it's on them the rest of the way. We don't know when Landy's coming back. We don't know when Nate's coming back. They need to have a night off, and the depth needs to step up because it's also on them now. Very true. And then just to wrap up with uh, face-offs, because
1: we like to talk about that, it was a step backwards. (laughs) (laughs) Big step backwards for the Az. but uh, where's the was it 61% or uh, 68% for Calgary 32 for the avs and and even at the end when you know uh, nazem kadri took a penalty with 15 seconds left calgary had pulled their goalie you know you and i are watching the game together and i'm like and and then they they got one face off like just win the face off win the face off pin it up against the boards let time run out and then you know they they lost the the the, the opening Face off with fifteen seconds left to start the fifteen second power play, and then the the there was a stoppage of play, and then it was eight seconds left. there just win the face off <laughs> and pin it up against the boards, and then the game is over. And they couldn't even win that one. So it it you know it's important. It, there's situations where it's important. Those were two situations that it yep. was insanely important, and the
0: Avs couldn't come up with it.
1: They they obviously
0: won and lucked out, but it, they it, could have made
1: it easier for themselves.
0: It has to be addressed. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. It has to be addressed. It's rough. So, all right, everybody. We are going to wrap it up
1: for today. Uh, Hopefully, we can be back with some uh, our our live stream. We're still having some. We're trying to iron out the issues. Uh, But for now, we're going old school. Uh, And if we get any update on Nathan McKinnon, follow us on Twitter, LOPN underscore Avalanche. And obviously, listen to tomorrow's episode if we have an update. We shall talk about it. Day off and then at home against San Jose. But for now, uh, we'll be back tomorrow with anything that's breaking. He is Mr. Shaggy Von Doom, Kyle Sullivan, and I am Chris Vasselli. This is the Locked On Avalanche podcast. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Go, abs, Go.